Peach, in the zone? I'm in the zone. All righty. Well, I'm here, you're here, and the fans are here, so let's just get down to it. We're talking the third in the Harry Potter saga, Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, and I think I think this episode, uh, unlike previous episodes, where you know I would kind of say I was trying to give a perspective from the book and there really wasn't much to do because – those first two movies followed it pretty closely. I think uh, this episode is going to be a little different because there's some big differences. <laughs> so this is where it starts to veer off in the book-wise is what you're saying. Yeah, you know, uh, of course, you know, the book started getting longer. And again, you know, like I've, I've said in the past, when you're going to translate a, a book into a movie, you know, things have to get cut. Otherwise, you have eight-hour movies. But uh, some of the cuts they made, I just didn't understand. But you know what? Let's just get right down to it. So uh, having not read the books, what did you think of this movie, Prisoner of Azkaban? Um, I thought it, well, obviously it introduces a whole ton of characters, right? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it starts to get a little darker. Uh, so it starts moving towards the, not only a kid's movie, but like really an adult movie as well. Uh, so I like that, that turn of events, basically. And it's now becoming that darker, you know, wizarding world right you know where it's not always uh mm -hmm. you know rainbows and kittens and all those types of things <laughs> uh, i will say that this this movie offers the my favorite um dudley scene right the beginning where he blows up the ants mm -hmm. um, yeah you love the you love those scenes yeah it's it's very good it's again the best out of all the movies that they have yeah, I mean, and that's a good scene. And, you know, that that is how the book starts off. And of course, you know, I understand for time things have to be cut. So in the book, um, her visit is actually longer because in the movie, it kind of looks like she just kind of comes in and, and everything gets started. And of course, you know, for the sake of time, they have to cut it. But the fact that she's there for a whole week tormenting him, I mean, you, you just get the you just get the picture that Aunt Marge just like, uh, you know, Uncle Vernon, uh, Aunt Marge does not like Harry Potter at all. Like, she, she despises him. <laughs> and uh, I think what was great about the book was you, you really feel you really feel for Harry because he, you know, if you remember, and they kind of pass it off quick. He's actually asking Uncle Vernon, uh, since he's a third-year student, he gets He's allowed to visit uh, the village of Hogsmeade, which is just outside of Hogwarts, but he needs Uncle Vernon's permission. And Uncle Vernon's like, well, if you behave, I'll sign. So it's a week of Harry taking a lot of abuse and just like plastering a grin on his face like, I want to go to Hogsmeade with my friends. I want to go to Hogsmeade with my friends. But I mean, the movie, I think the movie does do a good version of that uh, because I, I just love watching her blow up or inflate oh that's that's a great scene and during the book now does she does he uh like in this week of torture is he saying mm -hmm. to himself i mean do, you, do they physically writing out you know that he um he's taking this abuse so that he can move up you know so he has this opportunity with his friends oh he's saying it like over and over like when she's making comments he's like you know in the back of his mind he's like I, I just need that permission form signed. I just she's only going to be here five more days. Like it's it's literally, you know, yeah, you know, pretty much like that. He is really saying that over and over. But again, you know, we put this in, we get like a five hour movie. So, you know, that was OK. But I did like at the end, though, that all this is happening and Dudley's just watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he, you know, his, his aunt pretty much turns into a blimp and he's just like 
What's what's on TV? Yeah, he's watching some dance thing, isn't he? Yeah, it's like a dance show. I was like, what the heck is he watching? Those Brits in their TV, I tell you. Oh, oh, God, very true. Um, but you know, you, one thing you did say is very true is is uh, the films are starting to take, and the books too, are taking a darker turn. Um, you know, I think we kind of touched on this up front that you know there's seven books, seven years at Hogwarts. But, you know, Harry's going from an 11-year-old to a 17-year-old. And, you know, as he's growing up and maturing, these stories are maturing. So one of the things I kind of did like is they switched directors. Christopher Columbus, who did the first two, I think he was like an executive producer. And they hired uh, Alfonso, and I can never pronounce his last name. It's like Kuran, Kuan. Um, he he did uh, the movie Gravity. He did um, he did a couple other movies. Can't think of off the top of my head. And and you really start to see that darker tone in, in some of the you know cinematography and things like that. So that was kind of nice to see. Yeah, you know, I think after the Dudley scene when he leaves and he goes, he's walking on the street. You could tell mm-hmm. it's getting to be a darker, a darker um, series because you know the the, the um, just the just the way the film was moving. He gets it. He's at night. The bus comes at nighttime. It's a little mm-hmm. creepy. Um, then they start talking about death uh, with the murder, the murderous uh, Sirius Black. So. Yeah, and that's and now now here's one of the differences um, that I was kind of surprised they didn't put in the film. Now, the Wizarding World they know all about Sirius Black. You know, he he is Voldemort's right hand man. He's probably, you know, Voldemort's the number one big bad. Well, Sirius Black is number two, and he he killed so many people. Now, the interesting thing is is in the book it starts off. Uh, Uncle Vernon is watching the news, and the newscaster is actually reporting the escape of Sirius Black. But they play it off that, you know, he's this crazy mass murderer, and you know, no, like Harry has, like he doesn't recognize the name. He's never heard of him. But you know, we find out later on in the books that the Minister of Magic felt that Sirius was such a threat that the muggle population needed to know. I was a little surprised that they didn't kind of throw that in there. It's almost, you know, it's like, I kind of felt they rushed to it. They're just, you know, he, he has that incident with his aunt. He gets on the night bus and they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, there's this murderer on the loose. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I just felt that was a little rushed. (laughs) Yeah. So let me ask you a question then, you know, he's in the, he's in the leaky, uh, leaky Calvert trap. Tavern. Cauldron. Cauldron, yeah. that's it, sorry. Mm-hmm. And yep. Ronald Weasley pulls him aside, uh, not Ronald, uh, Mr. Weasley pulls him aside. He yes. says, you know, you're in danger. Don't be going to look for a serious black. Now, not to spoil or anything, <laughs> but later and later on, you know, we find out that Sirius is a, a good guy, right? Does, yeah. Does Mr. Yeah. Weasley knows it, know this by now before he talks to Harry? No, and that's, you know, and that's the good thing is really – really up until kind of the big climax when um, they had that whole confrontation. Uh, and again, we're jumping ahead, but you know what? We're, we're just really talking about the film in general, right. but, but yeah, really up until the very end when Harry finds out the truth, we all kind of find out the truth. Everybody finds out the truth. Of course. Well, actually, no, not even, not even Dumbledore, even, you know, Dumbledore kind of suspected black. So, you know, when Mr. Weasley's giving him that speech, he's really like, 
hey, this serious black guy's a, like, he's a character. He's coming for you. I know you and Ron love to get up to hijinks. Like, please don't do that because, like, this is serious. Yeah. So, serious. Serious is serious. To say, you know, for, speaking of Sirius Black, he's one of the, the new characters that we get introduced to. Um, mm-hmm. We also get introduced to um, his buddy, uh, Professor, help me help me out, Jay. Lupin. Lupin. Professor right. Lupin. Yep, yep. yep. Professor and Lupin. I have to tell you, those two characters are probably two of my favorites throughout the series. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody saw on our Instagram page, Enter the Nerd Zone on Instagram, shameless plug. Uh, I put up a poll kind of asking with a lot of these new characters that we got introduced to, because we get introduced to Sirius Black, to Remus Lupin, uh, to Peter Pettigrew, and to Professor Trelawney. Um, people that had read the book, sort of what their impression was. So, uh, you you liked you like those two. You like Sirius and Lupin. Yeah. Um, Even I, I like think, him, you know I like him before he became before we find out the storyline. I just like the character itself. Um, murderous guy. I don't know. Maybe that's just my uh, <laughs> you know me just being crazy. But just the character and the way he was written, fantastic. Yeah, he is a fantastic character. And when I heard that Gary Oldman was cast, I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's great. And I and I think he does a great job of of playing Sirius Black. Um, because what they really touch on, they touch on it in the book, and they really don't mention it in the movies. Is when you're in Azkaban, you're surrounded by the Dementors, and the Dementors. There you go. There's a new character that's yes. introduced here. Um, the Dementors, they kind of like suck the life out of you almost um so when Sirius Black is on the loose uh you know he's this very thin gaunt dirty looking and he's a little unhinged because of the experiences he went through and I think when we first see him uh really towards the end of the movie in in the in the shrieking shack I was like oh wow they really captured because he looked filthy he looked insane he looked absolutely insane (laughs) (laughs) um but you know okay so that that whole scene where um really it's kind of revealed who Sirius Black really is and his connection to uh to Lupin and to Harry's father this is where I felt throughout the movie they really 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 made a lot of deep cuts that that they shouldn't have because I mean, what what is kind of your understanding of their relationship of like Sirius and Remus and even Peter Pettigrew and and Harry's father? Like, what was sort of your impression based on this movie? Uh, from the you know in the middle of the movie, I thought he was just you know the murderer, obviously, mm-hmm. of the uh, of Harry's parents and Remus. Right. I think he knew more than he than he was leading on to, and then mm-hmm. obviously at the end, you find out the whole storyline what actually happened but from you know from that from the point where we find out he's the killer to just before we find out he's not the killer i mean i i thought they were i thought they were working together okay so so kind of like what professor snape was thinking that you know they're old school chums and and lupin is uh helping him out um What's what's really interesting is you know the book really kind of goes into their friendship and it comes really towards the end and one of the first things that we learn about them is uh i'm sure you remember of course harry does not get permission to go to hogsmeade um you know he he comes up with a brilliant plan of putting on his invisibility cloak which 
good old Fred and George spot him in a second, and they give him something very, very important. They give him the Marauder's map. Now, again, based on the movie, what like what is sort of your knowledge of that of that map of the Marauder's map? I, I had, you know, I didn't know anything about the map until they actually, uh, until they actually showed. It. I love that map. <laughs> I wish I had okay. one of those maps. <laughs> oh, it's it's definitely a cool map. Now here's now here's the thing is, you know, it says that the map was created by uh, Wormtail, Mooney, Padfoot, and Prongs. That is Harry's dad and his friends. That those were there. See, and that's the thing. That's the thing that I felt that they really didn't touch on. And and what really got to me was uh, I saw this uh, movie in the theater with my wife. Now again, she's never read the book. She came out. She enjoyed it. She said it was one of her favorite. I mean, at the time, you know, it was the third movie. She said, like, I think this is my favorite Harry Potter movie. Uh, and I was a little like, eh, they cut a lot. I heard some people talking and one guy said, you know, they didn't touch on their friendship, how they were all friends at school. Uh, you know, James and Sirius and Remus and Peter and Snape. And I was like, what? Like, what? Like, so it, it's almost like the movie kind of made it seem like they were all school chums or something. And, you know, Snape was disgruntled or whatever. And that's just not the case. And when I started seeing a lot of this, I'm like, man, they're really glossing over a lot of stuff here. Like, I was a little like, ah, well, you, know, when I, you know, between the three movies, you know, Snape's not a big fan of Harry Potter. We learned mm-hmm. differently later, obviously. Right. I yeah. thought, you know, I thought. Snape's relationship with Harry's parents were more of, at this point in time, were more mm-hmm. of, I can't stand them. It was kind of like the, like, I thought he was the bully. How's that sound? Like, he was yeah, the Draco I... versus Harry's parents being the Hermione and Ron. Right. And, and, yeah, and honestly, in the book, to that point, I still felt that way, that, like, you, you know, they don't talk much about their relation like how snape interacted with all of them but that was always my impression was like oh yeah you know he was he was uh draco to to james potter you know like they were they just had that same relationship that harry and draco had and we find out later on how different it really was but again you know so that whole scene where he's sneaking around the castle with the map and professor snape finds him and he's uh you know, he makes him read the map and, and there's all those insults on it. That's the thing that they don't again, they don't touch on is the fact that he knew that like Snape knew those nicknames. He knew like when he heard those nicknames, he was like, oh, this is James Potter and his gang like this. This is their map. And now it's insulting me like it just. So uh, <laughs> in the book itself, you know, when they yes. had that scene where Fred and George are giving them the map. Yes. Where in the book do they say that? Because they don't oh, really they... mention in the movies who that book is. Who that map belongs to, right? Right. In the in the in the books, uh, Fred and George basically tell them that you know uh, they they were like, "Hey, I know this is going to sound weird, but we used to get in trouble a lot, um, <laughs> and we used to end <laughs> no, up in not Mr. them. <laughs> no, not those two. They're <laughs> angels. Um, <laughs> Molly Weasley's pride and joy. Um, they they ended up in Mister Filch's office. Mister Filch, you know, the the caretaker who you know, just loves to punish everybody. Um, and they saw, they said they saw it like sticking out of a filing cabinet and they kind of suspected, they were like, that looks pretty interesting. So they took it and just kind of fiddled around with it. They had no idea. Like, like they say, um, when they reveal the map to Harry and it says created by, you know, Wormtail Mooney, Padfoot prongs, they're like, 
they have no idea who those guys are. They're they're like, we don't know who they are, but we we owe our career of mischief to them, basically, is what they say. So they have no clue. It's That's sort of book. And that is in the book that they yeah. just they just and again, you know, when they hand it to Harry, it's almost sort of like, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know how they try to pass it off. They're just like, yeah, here's this map. Enjoy it. <laughs> well, they don't really say where they get it from, right, though? No, they really don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. Um, and then that this is actually going to kind of lead into another thing, is Harry uses the map, he sneaks into Hogsmeade, but then he sees the Minister of Magic coming, and, um, you know, with Sirius Black on the loose, um, it looked like he tried to break into the castle a couple of times. Uh, they're really clamping down. There's Dementors floating around trying to protect everybody. Uh, the people are sort of like, what's going on? You know, why is Sirius Black coming? Why is he coming to Hogwarts? Why is he going after Harry? And the minister kind of tells, like, the story of how Sirius betrayed the parents. But again, they, like, skate right over it. And they just sort of like, yeah, they were best friends and he betrayed them. Like, and the story is so much deeper. It's, I mean, I guess when you're, well, when you're watching it, like, did you think like that was pretty good intrigue or, or like, what was your take on that? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, you know, again, adding to the, to the storyline that was, you were getting more information about Sirius black. I think the way you're explaining it from the book though, it's like, okay, I really got rocked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because they really, they really touch on the fact that, the four of them were good friends. Um, they touch on the fact that Peter Pettigrew, they kind of compare him to Neville Longbottom. They said like he was hopeless. He always tagged along after them. They took pity on him. So what they go on to say is that when they suspected that Voldemort was going to go after Harry and his parents, because Harry is the chosen one, um, Professor Dumbledore does this thing called the Fidelis Charm which basically will sort of, I don't want to say render the people invisible, it'll almost sort of mark them, I guess invisible is the best way to put it. Like the way, the way uh, Professor Dumbledore explains it is, you know, they could go into hiding somewhere and they hide in their house um, and Voldemort could stand right outside and not even see them. Um, and the way the charm works is, is they hide somewhere and one person is called a secret keeper, like, that person will know this is where the potters are. So what they say is, is that, you know, Professor Dumbledore said, you know, I was going to do it, but James convinced me to make it serious. Sirius is his best friend. So what you're led to believe is that Sirius was the secret keeper. He knew where they were hiding. And once he told Lord Voldemort, Lord Voldemort was able to find them. So that's how he betrayed Harry's parents. Like, okay. Yeah, and I felt like, to me, that's a little deeper than just, you know, the way they explain it in the movie of, you know, he knew where they were hiding and he said, go get them, sort of a yeah, thing. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's, a, like a take, you know, here you go, there it is and that's it. Yeah, and and, they, and, and again, you know, I, I guess if you don't read the books, it's pretty interesting, you know, it's pretty amazing, but having read the books, I'm like, that's kind of key, like, put that in there. <laughs> yeah, it was a throwaway, basically. Yeah, I really felt like, and that's what I felt like, a lot of these things, you know, again, you know, some people said that, okay, uh, in this book, 
uh, Gryffindor wins the Quidditch Cup. They finally win the Quidditch Cup. And people are like, well, why wasn't that in the movie? I'm like, well, we don't need that, you know, but we need this other stuff. Well, it's funny because, you know, all the uh, time they they spent on Quidditch, you would think Mm -hmm. they'd have that, even just like a brief scene of them winning it. Yeah, because one of the key things is uh, is in the books, uh, their final matches against Ravenclaw, and they sort of say uh, Oliver Wood, who's the team captain for Gryffindor, says to Harry, oh, they got a new seeker, this this girl Cho Chang, you got to watch out for her. And, you know, and you get when they meet on the field, Cho's all smiley at him and. Harry's kind of like a little like, oh, she's pretty, you know, and as we know later on, you know, Cho Chang is like she's kind of a featured player for a while. And this was her introduction. So some people were like, why don't you at least do that? Why don't you at least introduce her? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, listen, they've introduced some other characters. And one of the ones that they introduced was the divination professor, Professor Trelawney, played by Emma Thompson. What was your impression of her? She's a character. I I I love she's she's a great actress. I really would never expect to see someone like her in Harry Potter, to be honest with you. But her character is very creepy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she is. And um, like the book in the book. (laughs) Ooh, wow, we both sound good today. <laughs> no, I feel you. I'm right there with you. It's live um, podcasting, people. Live podcasting. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, in the book, she's a little more like ethereal, like, oh, darling. But I, I think Emma Thompson, she played it a little campy. But you know what? It was fun. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Like this. And that's one of the things. This film kind of had a, a campy feel to it. Like it, it got darker. But there was the scene where they're. Uh, practicing fighting the bog art. And um, as they're doing it, uh, Professor Lupin puts like a phonograph on it. It's like this giant phonograph and it's playing like crazy music and, and they're all laughing and having fun. Like that was kind of fun. I liked, I liked like that tone change. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was actually very good. Uh, once in that scene, they have uh, Snape dressed up as um... – Neville. Oh, Neville's mom. Uh, Neville's grandmother. Mom. Grandmother. Grandmother. And, uh, grandmother. Yeah. I have to tell you, that, they made a pop of that. Not to go uh, all pop culture on you here. They made a pop of that. And that thing really? sold like crazy. It was fantastic. Funny. And it's, it's a great look at pop. But that's actually, I love Snape in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was rocking that hat. <laughs> It was just great that he came, like, you know, the way the way it works is the Bogart comes out as what you fear and Neville fears Professor Snape, you know, and then they're like, just imagine him in your grandmother's clothes. And all of a sudden there's like a pop and like there's Professor Snape uh, with the weird hat and the fur. And the... <laughs> so in that scene, uh, and I, don't, mm-hmm. I can't remember the movie or not, you know, Harry, Go go, Harry comes up, it's his turn. And yes. He, and he fears the, um, the Dementor. The Dementor. Yes. Do they yes. mention why he doesn't like fear Voldemort? Um. Yeah. I, okay. There you go. Again, they kind of gloss over it. Um. When because the Dementors really affect Harry, and Professor Lupin explains to him, he's like, "Well, you saw a lot of horrible things in your life. Even though you were an infant, you witnessed your parents being murdered. So the Dementors kind of tap into that. Like they bring that to the surface because Harry." They kind of show it in the movies that when the Dementors come around, he hears like like a woman screaming yeah. and yeah, and it's like he's reliving his parents' murder actually. Um, so Professor Lupin tells him, you know, 
like, look, Dementors, they're, they're essentially fear. So your biggest fear is fear. You know, it's it's sort of like he's made peace with Lord Voldemort, you know, kind of being out there. But it's just fear in general is really what Harry is afraid of, you know, just that. And that's really what a Dementor represents. So that's that's why Lord Voldemort didn't appear uh, as a Boggart. It was uh, the Dementor itself. So, But again, they kind of just, let's just gloss right over that. You know, I'll say, <laughs> and I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think this is no, one ahead. of the, the few movies, the Harry Potter mm-hmm. movies, where there's no real big Voldemort part to this. And that was a big complaint that people had about the book. Now... At this point, when I was reading the series, this was my favorite book, hands down. I thought it was a great book, and friends of mine that were reading it or had read it said, yeah, but Voldemort isn't in it. And I said, yeah, but you had a guy that we thought really until the last chapter was his number one supporter who was just as bad, and there was always kind of that specter of Voldemort around there. Like, I I wasn't like, hey, what happened to Voldemort? Like, he was kind of in the background, but this – threat who's almost as big as him was out there so i i was okay with it <laughs> so in in this so in this mm-hmm. movie we get another character peter Pettigrew, um, yes which we kind of talked about a little bit but mm-hmm. uh he is actually the rat the, the pet of the weasleys yeah and again it's you know he was scabbers he was he was the rat that uh, in the books, they say it was actually his brother Percy's rat, and then he passed it along to to Ron. And really, it's not until the end when uh, Sirius is actually points it out and says Peter Pettigrew is right there, and it just kind of really quickly says, you know, yeah, you've had that rat for so many years. You know, rats should only live for seven years or something like that. They kind of gloss over the fact that. Yeah, Peter Pettigrew was was living with Ron all those years. That's he was hilarious. actually he was actually in the dorm, you know, because he took him to Hogwarts. He was actually in the dorm. He was right there with Harry, you know, the whole time. Which, you know, again when they confront Peter Pettigrew, you know, they basically tell him that like, you know, you were right there. You could have done something to him like you're you're pretty despicable. <laughs> so, I mean, really when Harry has his map out and, you know, he's walking around and he says, and he knew the story at that point in time that poor Peter Bettergrew got killed. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees that he's on the map walking in Hogwarts and he tells Remus this. Is there more to the, you know, he, Remus is like, that's impossible. But do they right. talk more about that in the book? Yeah, they do. And again, you know, I'm watching the movie and he, he tells him, like, I saw him on the map and Remus is like, the map never lies. But I'm thinking, okay. We haven't you haven't really revealed that you helped create this map, you know, so I thought that was kind of weird. He was saying that. But, yeah, he he didn't believe it. But what happened was is he confiscates the map from Harry and uh, he happens to watch it and he does see he does see Peter Pettigrew on it and he he starts to put things together. And, and that's really what that final confrontation is, is when they have that big showdown in the Shrieking Shack. And again, the Shrieking Shack, they really kind of gloss over the whole importance of that. Um, because, like, really, what do you know about the Shrieking Shack other than it was the big showdown area? Like, do you know anything else about it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but uh, they talk about that. In, uh, oh, no, they don't talk about that in the movie at all. It's just kind of a place where they show up at. 
Yeah, they call it, uh, I think like Ron and Hermione are looking at it and they're like, oh, it's supposed to be the most haunted place in in Great Britain. Um, As we know, Professor Lupin is a werewolf. Uh, He went to Hogwarts. He was a werewolf. Um, Professor Dumbledore, you know, really petitioned that he be a student. Um, And what they would do is uh, when the full moon would come, they would go out. And they would go underneath the Whomping Willow because the Whomping Willow covered a passage that led out to that shack. That's why the Whomping Willow was planted, was so no student would accidentally wander in there and meet up with a werewolf. <laughs> um, so they used to take, you know, every month they would take Remus out there and he would spend a couple of days there. He would transform into a werewolf. He would just rip the place apart. So that's why people in Hogsmeade, like every month they would hear like this, like, wailing and thrashing and and craziness going on and then it would stop and then a month again it would it would go on um hermione figures out that he's a werewolf and what professor lupin reveals is that james and his friends you know he was friends with james and and sirius and peter james and sirius figured it out and what they actually did um since he transformed into a werewolf they studied the magic uh, to become an animagi, which is Professor. Oh my God, I'm totally blanking on her name. Um, Professor McGonagall. She's uh, an animagus. She turns into a cat. Like she's able to do that. Yeah, she does that in the first movie. In the first movie, yeah. And they don't touch on the fact that that's serious magic. Like if you, it's first of all, it's very difficult to learn. And if you do learn it, you have to then, like, Professor McGonagall had to go to the Ministry of Magic and say, I could turn into a cat. And she would turn into the cat and they would identify her. So that way she couldn't just turn into a cat and get up to mischief and people wouldn't know. Like, they would know when Professor McGonagall's a cat, this is what the cat looks like. Well, they did that all illegally. So Sirius, that's why Sirius can turn into a dog. That's why Peter can turn into a rat. And they don't really touch on it too much, but... James Potter turned into a giant stag. Um, he went stag? He went stag, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, but but again, um, you know, they, they say that, you know, and this is like where the Marauder's Map comes in, and this is where a lot of things come in. They said that they, you know, Professor Lupin says, like, he says to Harry, like, this is how great your dad was. You know, he and Sirius and Peter, they learned to turn into animals so that when I turned into a werewolf, they would go out there in their animal form because werewolves don't harm animals. And they would kind of calm me down. And then we would kind of explore the castle as, you know, a werewolf and a dog and this and that. And that that's how they learned all the hidden passages. And that's what made them develop the Marauder's Map. This is all and in I'm, the book. And this is all in the book. Man, I feel like I got robbed. <laughs> See, you see, now I think now you understand like my angst a little bit about this movie. <laughs> oh my god, I watched yeah, it. I watched it a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, I'm all happy, go lucky. You ruined it, Jay. You ruined I'm it. Ruined, I ruined it. <laughs> but you know, I, I, again, you know, I, I mean, I understand that they have to make some cuts for time, but I felt like, well, they just cut out everything. I mean, put something in there. Put, put their friendship in there. Put you know, more about, you know, more about how Sirius betrayed or how we thought Sirius betrayed um, the Potters. You know, it, they just kind of, again, they just kind of, woo, let's just gloss over all this stuff real quick. 
And again, without the books as a reference, it is a good story. It is a good movie. But I just felt they left out a lot of stuff. All right. So what else are we going to leave out? What are we getting off here next? What's the next thing? <laughs> what are we getting robbed of next? Yeah, that's right. No, I think that's really about it. I mean, the only other real difference was the fact um, at the end of the movie, um, Sirius sends Harry his new broom, the Firebolt, which is supposed to be the greatest broom ever. Um, he actually sends it to Harry earlier in the movie, actually around Christmas time. Um, and that creates a little tension because this mysterious package arrives, you know, it's not signed and it's a firebolt, which we learn is a very expensive broom. Um, Harry had just lost his broom in the last Quidditch match. Um, yeah, the Right, exactly. So he's all psyched and he's like, man, you know, and Hermione being Hermione is like, okay, you have no idea who sent that to you. And, um, you know, Sirius Black is out there on the loose trying to kill you. Uh, This might be a great way with like a jinx broom. And of course, Ron's like, because Ron is all about Quidditch. Ron is a huge Quidditch fan. He's like, you know, blow off Hermione. You have no idea what you're talking about. Of course, Hermione goes and gets Professor McGonagall. They take his broom away. Um, they said that they're going to like study it and check it and make sure. And that creates some tension between uh, Harry, Ron and Hermione because Hermione, she's looking out for Harry. But, you know, Ron's like, you know, you're ruining my Quidditch. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but all right. One of the, one of the end scenes, of course, is we find out that Sirius is actually innocent, but nobody believes them. Uh, and Professor Dumbledore tells Hermione, you know what to do. And Hermione reveals that all this time she's had something called a time turner so she can go back in time because she's taken like a million classes. Um, we kind of see it like they'll be in a class and then Hermione will just show up and Ron's like, how'd you get here? You weren't here. And she's like, I've always been here. What did you think of that whole thing of Harry and Hermione going back in time to sort of right all the wrongs that were done. Well, it's funny. You watch the, the scene before that when all the action's happening and, you know, he he's he tries to save uh, Sirius with his... Um, oh, Patronus. The Patronus, the Patronus charm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, you think the movie's over and then they come in and all this time she's got this time turner and you're like, oh, that's what's going on. And I just love how they, like, kind of redo that scene just with adding this piece of them really kind of explaining what happens. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and one of the things, and it was a great part in the book, and I think they did a great job in the movie is when we see it the first time around, like you said, um, the Dementors are attacking and Harry's trying to do his uh, Patronus charm and it's very weak. And then we see a Patronus in the shape of a stag just come it comes galloping across like the lake and it, and it saves them and harry's like he tells hermione he's like that was my dad like i know it i kind of saw somebody on the other side of the lake and i think it was my dad because people tell harry all the time you look just like your dad and except we find out except for the eyes that's right he, he has lily's eyes very true <laughs> which which i think at one point in the movie they go to say it i think lupin goes to say it he's like you look like your father except he's like my eyes i know i have my like he's almost like i know i've heard this a million times you know already. that line is in every movie it is yeah, yeah. it is and and it's it's very touching it's yeah. it's 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 nice. but like i said for me that was a very exciting part in the book because when they replay it 
uh, Harry and Hermione are standing on the edge of like the lake or or whatever it was, and they're watching it. And and Harry is like, he's like, I know it. My dad's gonna show up. He's gonna be right there. I saw it. I saw it. And you know, it's it's really it's very like emotional and everything. And that that's what Harry realizes. Oh, it wasn't my dad. It was me. And I could actually do a full Patronus. And he he does that. And like even though I knew it was coming. I, I kind of I really love that scene when he like yells out like expecto patronum and you know that was I was like it was like Star Wars when Luke shoots it into the uh, <laughs> bringing bringing Star Wars into oh here we go you preparing Star Wars it's another no. scene Star Wars, Luke Skywalker destroying the Death Star John and Alan relax relax out there I know you're listening just relax it's a Harry Potter uh, scene it's, it's a not, Harry Potter it's not the Star Wars it's... one. <laughs> no, it's not Star Wars. It's Harry Potter. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I love that scene. Like, what, what, what was your what, what yeah, was your feelings on I it? I thought it was a great scene too. I mean, I I kind of thought it'd be him. I mean, knowing that. But again, mm-hmm. in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, anything can happen. Now he True. has this, he has the same patronus as his father, his mother. No, as his father. As his as father. His father. Okay. Yes. We know yes. someone else has the same thing later on. Yes, we do. Yes, okay. we do. But we're not going to spoil that. No spoiler <laughs> alerts. We don't know if you've seen that movie yet or not. Yeah, but I mean, overall, I liked that. Okay, the third book gets a little darker, so the third movie got a little darker. Uh, I liked some of the funny elements in it. I liked all the new characters. I thought all the casting was great, but you know, like I said, the story, the things they cut, kind of left me flat. But overall, what was your impression of the third movie? Well, I, you know, I did love this movie until I talked to you. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, okay. So you know how we we rate our movies. Of the Harry Potters, mm-hmm. this being the third movie, guess what? It's the third in the series, Jay. You know mm-hmm. what that means? It's my favorite one. Um, so I actually write this the top one, to be honest with you. <laughs> and start, you know what? No, I'm starting to think back on that. Well, you know what though? I mean, if if again, if you don't have the books behind it, this this is a great movie. Um, like I said, the change in tone, the all the new characters, and like I said, until I got later in the series. This was like my favorite book. I thought this this was a great story overall. So, I mean, this is not my least favorite movie. Um, well, here's the my thing. least favorite. Here's the Go thing. ahead. Here's the thing. I can't remember what I was going to say, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> okay. So you talk about all these extra scenes that they have in the book and everything else. This yes. is the shortest of all the Harry Potter movies. They had an extra 10 minutes. They need to go back and refilm this. Uh, you know, exactly. And when I found out later on that this was one of the shorter ones – I thought that was kind of crazy because you had much longer books coming up, which would mean, again, they're going to cut things out. But still, the movies are going to be long. Like, I, I couldn't understand why this movie – like, again, when I left the theater – the first time I watched it, I left the theater like, what did I just watch? Like, I felt like, you know, uh, the, the the director and everybody, they kind of looked at the book and like, okay, well, we'll use some of the names here, but we're just kind of kind of do our own thing. But watching it again a few times and kind of understanding, you know, why they had to make cuts and things like that. But I, I agree. They have to – maybe not everything that I touched upon, but something. They got to put one of those key scenes and flesh it out just a little bit more. So it's got to be least. like, you know, remember how they did Lord of the Rings and then they did the like, mm-hmm. – the extended version made it like three days long. That's what they yeah. do with these movies. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, again, this is, I believe it's the first movie that I saw in the theater. I can't remember. Um, but okay. I can tell you that it's, it's the first time I watched Harry Potter and said, okay, I'm not a kid. I can watch this as an adult. 
So, uh, you know, you can see yes. the differences between yes. Christopher Columbus and the next director and how it's changed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that is one thing I did appreciate the fact that I knew it going in like, okay, Prisoner of Azkaban is not like a fluffy little kid's story like, Hap, oh, Harry's at Hogwarts. It's so fun. Like, <laughs> Harry's at Hogwarts. There's a mass murderer after him. You know, like, this is, you know, this is when Harry Potter starts to get real. You know, I don't think she's you know and nobody had really been killed off yet in the books that you know that we see but that's kind of around the bend pretty soon that characters are going to start to get killed off and you know this isn't this isn't a child's tale anymore you know harry's growing up the story's growing up no one dies in this one right no like again i don't think we see anybody die you know on on screen that's yeah that's like a major character i mean we hear about the potters but we knew about them but that's that's about it yeah that's really about it whoo potter man this is crazy i know <laughs> john's really jay's really uh excited about potter i can't take it uh, i you know what i mean this like i said this was a great for me overall i thought I started reading this series as a joke, thinking, you know what, there's so much hype, let me read it to say I read it, and I got hooked. And it got my daughter into reading, it got her into a lot of these, like, she kind of loves the same things that I love, and I think it kind of started with Harry Potter, yeah, I would like to think. Yeah, it's a big bomb of me and my daughter, too. Alright, so, I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you flat out. Yes. How many movies are there in Harry Potter? There there are well in Harry Potter, there are eight movies, but in the world of Harry Potter, there are actually nine. If we're going to talk about Fantastic Beasts, okay. so <laughs> Fantastic Beasts. Okay, we'll hold that for a second. How sure, many sure. movies are in the Star Wars saga? How many movies are in the Star Wars saga? There are eight currently. Current, currently eight. And, and yeah, with forgetting like Rogue One and all that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So pound for pound, if you put mm -hmm. these eight movies versus the eight, eight movies. Which one has a stronger movie cast? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I, I think I've kind of said it before how how big Star Wars is in my life. But, oh, man, it's – you know what? It's it's tough. It's right, really, so really tough. Is there it's any really movie, tough. Any of the Harry Potter movies at all, have any mm -hmm. of them that are there, worse than Phantom Menace? Worse than Phantom Menace, maybe. No, the action movie wasn't even really that bad. No, I don't think so. I don't think I can think of a Harry Potter movie. Like I would definitely watch any of the Harry Potters over watching Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones might. Yeah, again, same thing. I think I would choose a Harry Potter movie over Attack of the Clones. Return of the Sith. See, now that wasn't too bad, and that I wasn't think bad. it would. It wasn't, it wasn't good. too bad. It wasn't good, <laughs> but it wasn't too bad. I mean, I, I, for me, out of the prequels, it was the one. It was the one that I liked, uh -huh. as I'm throwing up air quotes. But I think it was, you know, the the weakest Harry Potter book and movie I, I felt was uh, Half Blood Prince. So oh, I'd boy. probably we have a good conversation when that one comes up. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're. I don't know. Did you like that? Well, you know what? We'll save it for that. We'll one. Save it for that. No, one. no spoilers. No, no spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, though it's really hard because th these were two epic sagas, you know, and they have such rich and vast worlds. Okay, here you but go. They're... Stop, stop, go stop, ahead. stop. I'm gonna stop. Harry, go ahead. Ron, Hermione, Luke, Leia, 
Han Solo. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. That's today. a show, oh, baby. That's a show. That's a show. You know what? Alan and John on that show because that's a show. That's a show. Yeah, you know what? We're going to table that one and we're going to do a show. You know, the uh the the trio as they're known, Harry, Ron and Hermione versus Rebel Scum. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to call so them. So serious black Obi-Wan? <laughs> serious black would be like an Obi-Wan. Wow. Oh, that's deep. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. That's smart. I know things. That's right. <laughs> Voldemort is Darth Vader. There you go. Oh my god, this is crazy. Everything's based off of Star Wars. Everything it's is. Over. That's right. My it's life it's is over. game over, man. <laughs> All right. So oh. we start things, John. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I keep calling you John. I'm sorry, but you're both okay. lovable, chubby guys. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, hey, I'll get it started. So, of course. Always catch Pete and I here on Enter the Nerd Zone. You can find us here on Anchor. We got that awesome call-in feature. Call in and tell us what you want to hear. Call in what you tell, uh, what you think about the episodes. You can find us on iTunes, where we would love it if you rate and review us. Um, I've been checking it because, Pete, I know you don't have iTunes. Uh, we've been getting a lot of five-star reviews, but nobody's been leaving any comments. Like, the five-star reviews are piling up, but there's no comments behind them. So, guys, That's, leave us some comments. Leave us some comments. I mean, we are five-star. Leave star us a thumbs up. <laughs> That's right. Leave us we're five-star. Just say, awesome show, whatever, because we'll read it out. I'll read it out on the air. Uh, and, of course, Google Play, Overcast, Pocket Cast, some other stuff. Uh, Overcast. <laughs> Undercast, wherever fine podcasts Johnny are Cash, sold, wherever we'll find Johnny. Cash. Absolutely. Uh, then we have Instagram. Yeah, yep. Instagram. Don't forget Instagram and Enter Facebook. Enter the nerd zone and uh, Facebook. That's right. I mean, some people go there, some people don't. Twitter, mm-hmm. we're there somewhere too, I believe. I uh, think so. Don't forget to listen to John and Alan and Nerd and Me. They're funny, yes. but not as funny as us. Um, <laughs> they're also on all those other things that we mentioned as well. And you can yes. hear all of us on stuff all you don't need to know. Right, did I right. say that right? Make sure, John, did I say that right? Please call in and tell us. <laughs> yes, Alan, you said that right. Why did you call me John? <laughs> no, I'm, telling, I'm telling John to call us. That time I was oh, actually okay. doing that on purpose. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Jay. No problem. No anyway. problem. But yeah you, yeah, you can find us all on stuff you don't need to know. Uh, we all do different stuff uh, week in and week out. It's a lot of fun. I you, you guys can find us anywhere, so so just check out all our stuff. And by the end of the week, you will have a we will have our web page up. That's a little spoiler. You guys will hear from us and probably from uh, Alan and John once it mm-hmm. goes live. So yeah. be ready for that. Yes. So uh, same bad time. Same bad channel, Batman. I know you're watching. Don't sue us. 